I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we will get started on the questions. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we get to come here, Father, and learn from each other. We have several ladies here on this panel. Lord, we've all been through this already. We've already parented some of us are grandparents. We're not even sure what we have to offer these young ladies, but Lord, just give us the wisdom and the knowledge that, and, and the recall that we can come up with what we have done that has worked for us and hopefully be an encouragement to these ladies. Ask all this in your name. Okay, um, one thing we're going to do is introduce ourselves. So, Sandra. I'm Sandra Benson. Uh, I have three children. Chris is 55, Jeff is 53, and Stacy is 50. And I feel very inadequate to be here with us. My kids, my son's a grandparent, so things, I just felt a little bit old being here, but anyway. I'm Marcia Higgs, and um, I have a son, 42, and then I have a dog at 40, and a dog at 35, and I have another daughter, but she's been living uh, in heaven since she was like eight months old. So I just want you to know that's because of some of the things you're not to say or something. One grandchildren? Oh, yeah. Seven. <laughs> From the ages of 12 to seven months. You want to? I do feel that I have nine grandchildren from the age of, um, like now, 12 to 36, and two great grandchildren, two then four. Well, I'm Melanie Yarborough. We have two children, one girl, and they're not children anymore. They are 35 and 33, and have two great children, six and eight. They were perfect and precious. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Leahy. I have four kids. I have four girls. Um, two of them are 28 and two of them are 21. And I have uh, two grandsons and one on the way. 21 months and 19 months. She's looking like a set So yeah, <laughs> Okay, we're gonna go through these questions and um, and we're gonna, they're gonna answer them as I ask them. And then at the end, if you all have a question for us, for anybody up here, you can feel free to ask it or we can go back to any of these as well. So, ladies, as you were parenting, what was something that encouraged you? Do it all age. Boom, boom, if you want to. Uh, it wasn't really something, but someone that encouraged me. I came from a home life that didn't have a lot of encouragement, so this was really new to me. When I married my mother-in-law, she said, you are a part of this family and you are loved. And she had raised five children, and I'm really like heavily on her to help me. And um, she guided me through being a good wife uh, and long time of children. She really uh, guided me in that way. And she was a woman of the word, so she talked to me about God's word. But the main thing she talked to me about mostly to encourage me was to pray. She was a prayer warrior, and she taught me how important it was to pray for my family, to pray for my husband and children. And so she, this was until she passed away that she was my greatest encourager. Thank you. Yeah, um, I think God's words is important too because the Psalms were one of my favorite things to read through because they're very encouraging. Proverbs has a lot of wisdom. Uh, Psalm 34 has become my favorite. But uh, also just uh, for females, it really helps if you find another mom that has 
make hopefully children the same as yours, the age is the same, who's trying to instill the same values in their child that you are. Um, I have that friend and if a female has a really good friend that you can trust, not to share everything that you share with them, God has really blessed you. And because you have somebody to uh, share your struggles with, get advice from them, especially in school when activities come up, they hit middle, high, and high school, you can say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I don't know if this is a good thing to let them, you know, be in. And then your kid can always say, I don't know, I can't go because I've already heard she can't go, you know, but uh, I just think <coughs> it's really helpful to have that kind of mom who was just trying to y'all, even though you go to church with some of your kids' friends, some of their values are not the same. I mean, my son, um, I mean, we brought our kids up to church all the time. He had some friends, but he got to high school, and some of his church friends started taking a different path. And so he started hanging around with a couple guys older than him. One of them is the speaker today. And everybody thought Todd graduated the same time they did, but he didn't. But my girls had better life, the middle one, now the older daughter had more good girlfriends than my younger daughter did. So um, I just encourage you to find find that mom because that was truly about them to me. I'd have to say probably my mom. I grew up in a great Christian family. I was raised in church and so my mom was a big encourager for me. <clears throat> Especially when my husband was gone a lot when we first married and um, working and he likes to hunt and things. So I would go to my mom's house on the weekends like my girls do now, and I hang out with her, and she would help me, encourage me. Um, and I also think, um, like going to school, going and talking to the teachers during parent-teacher conferences, hearing the feedback from them of how, how good my girls were. And I, and I wasn't there just for the grades, or talk about the grades, I was there to make sure that they were hanging around kids that had the same um, values as we did, and also that they were being kind to other people, to the classmates and things. So I think that was an important piece of it. Do y'all have any questions about that question? I want to add anything about it. Okay. As you were parenting, what was one of your biggest challenges or struggles? Can we go first on that one? Sure. <laughs> I think um, for us, it was being able to parent the same. Because my husband is from a broken home. He didn't have a lot of guidance and things. And like I said before, I was raised in a Christian family. So having four girls, it was hard for him to be able to be more of a nurturing father. So we had a lot of conflict at first when our kids were younger as far as having to be able to um, speak to them softly. And I would always say to him, it's not the way you, it's not what you say, it's the way you say it. So I think that was a, a biggest thing between us was being able to, because you have to be on the same page when you're parenting. So for us to have conversations before we made a, a big decision for us was, I think that was one of our biggest struggles. Ownership. My challenge was trying to have family devotion with the kids. I, I really benefit that, I feel like, because um, Michael, I mean, he was going to work, you know, by six in the morning. And so I tried to do it before they went to school um, to have devotion and prayer time. And, and then I did that, but it wasn't on a regular basis because then at night, 
mean, he didn't get home to six, and then when I was working full time, I mean, you don't get home till like five. You know, you got to start to dinner. You know, if you got like an infant, you got to get them fed. Probably you can even get everybody else's dinner. You know, the kids start school, then they have homework, and then it's bed time and bed time. You know, and then. They're really not the too good for living at that time. It's really hard. I mean, they said their prayers were going to sleep. But I think that was my biggest challenge and my biggest struggle. I don't know if this thing probably. No. We took it. Like, I don't think you failed at anything. Or no. You will learn by the grace of God. Um, I think one of my biggest challenges was, I, we raised our children in the 70s and 80s, so the roles were quite different then. I, I was blessed to be able to be a stay-at-home mom, and I wouldn't take anything for that now. I did not work until they got in school, and then I did some substitute teaching, which not on a regular basis. But at that time, when we raised our children, I basically took care of the home. I did everything for the home. My husband was a wonderful provider, but he worked many years, six days a week. So my struggle was trying to balance everything with everything that has to do with parenting. And I tried to, I thought I had to have meals for them every day, so I cooked every day. And then I helped them with their school uh, work. And it was just a real challenge sometimes for me to have that white time with the Lord. And I neglected that because of trying to balance all that. So that is a struggle for me, but if I could go back then, I would just absolutely make that time. Thank you all. How can you be a supportive wife while juggling with the responsibilities of wife? A full-time job, stay-at-home mom, kids, full schedules, housework, etc. As a single parent, how did you juggle all these same responsibilities? It was go for it. I don't even have a good answer. <laughs> well, I just, from what I hear parents talking about today, I don't feel like I was protected raising kids just because, I mean, I worked full time, but then when I had um, Tony and Kimberly were 18 months apart. And so a few months after she was born, I quit work and I didn't work in like a year and a half. And then I started working here. But um, I mean, the kids played no one sport. Um, we didn't um, travel on the weekend, you know, for a ball game. And even um, Mike and I didn't go to every uh, fellowship that was available at church on Sunday school. It was on the night of the weekend just because we both worked full time. And I especially didn't want to leave the kids with a babysitter. Um, but, and I got into a routine. A routine helped me when you talk about time to juggle stuff uh, about you know when I did the laundry, when I got the groceries, uh, and stuff like that. So I don't. But today I don't know if I could survive today as wearing hair so I didn't buy it. <laughs> you know, of course, in back then we just maybe there wasn't as many out sports out of town. You know, like a lot of travel stuff like there is now. Because all kind of play that <coughs> and. The kids did everything at church. You know, they did all the activities at church that were for them. And we even hardly ever had a sport practice on a Sunday. When we did, man, they came to perform, you know, if I had a church activity, they just wait, you know, practice early. So, I don't know. I don't know. 
imagine. That was kind of hard to break, Teddy. Uh, but I think when you're married, I feel like God has put you together, and I think this goes two ways. Your spouse should always come first, God first, and then your spouse. And um, I think it's very important to have open communication with your husband and find out what his needs are and know what um, you need to do to support him. But I think the most important thing that you can do to support a husband is to pray for him because God has put him in the position of the spiritual head of the home. That's a huge responsibility. So I think to pray for your husband, to um, to just work alongside him and support him, it's very important. Mine was pretty much the same as Miss Sanders. Um, especially, of course, coming from a household of five women, I tried to give him time to go out and do some things that he enjoys doing as well to support him in that way. He liked, he, you know, he loves to empire football and all, so I, I stayed down and took care of the girls while he did that. So just giving him a little bit of an outlet as well to be try to be supportive of him. It's a lot of hormones in one household. That <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Okay, anything on that? Anybody want to add anything or ask anything? How did you equip your kids to make wise decisions when selecting their friend groups for considering a dating relationship? Don't care. Doesn't matter. Um, we always just try to keep them around families that we knew and that we knew had the same value system as we did. Um, I can remember one of my daughters at one time. She's probably I don't know fourth, third or fourth grade. She said, "Mama, you can't pick my friends for me." And I said, "Yes, I can." <laughs> and it's not the one sitting in here. Uh, but um, I think it's really important to keep them involved in church. Um, we were a household that did the traveling and things on weekends because we had a daughter that wanted to play Division One basketball. So we did a lot of traveling when they were in high school and um, middle school. But um, we always made time for them to be here, be back, going to camps. And um, we drove one time from, um, she had an elite camp in uh, Southeast Missouri one day and we drove her to Joplin to be at the church camp. Um, in one day, so we always we made it a priority for them to be involved in church and to be around the friends um, outside of athletics, but to have friends within the church that were a different group of friends as well, so they had a wide range of friendships. Yeah, and that's all I guess. I mean, we came to church all the time, and kids went to everything, so most of their friends were church friends. Like I said, what we were about, you know, Todd, even that, you know, sort of changed and, and I guess because he came at your flight, he realized he did not want to follow that path. And that's why he started hanging out and there with some other guys. But um, and the only thing I did about talking about dating, I told him if you, if you only date people of the same faith, then that's one less thing that you have to, you know, that you got to worry about having in common. And um, not that they always listen to that, but they all did end up marrying of the same faith, so that was a good thing. But, you know, if you keep them in church and most of their friends will be, you know, good friends, and then they'll realize if they start to take it to the path, our line will home will go down the ground. So I think it's really important to bring to everything we can in church. 
and not just draw on pulpit stuff if they're stuck with their parenthood. I think they need to see you come to church and how important it is for you and see that all with your friends. <clears throat> what they have said is important. A lot of what I was going to say, because when my kids were small, it's easy to keep and know who your uh, children's friends are. And even after they start school, if you keep them in church, they're going to have friends in church mostly. We had one old son that did not, but we were always questioning his friends. But when they become teenagers, it changes. Uh, you need to keep that dialogue open with them at all times and know who they're dating. We did not always approve of who our kids dated, especially in their later years of high school and through college. But we did, did a lot of praying, a lot of praying for our kids. And we tried to always be gracious and kind and good that if they were dating and praying for them. I remember witnessing to uh, one of my daughter's boyfriends sitting in the kitchen table. And they did not always make my choice. And there were some consequences to that. But now they've all married Christians of like Marcia the same faith. And I feel like it goes back to how they were raised that we taught them how to be a good friend and how to pick the right ones in their relationships, even though they will stray sometimes. I, I want to add into this one. Um, don't be afraid to be nosy. It's, it feels nosy, but we're supposed to be nosy because we're supposed to be parents. And so don't be afraid to get in their phone or whatever it is they have and find out what's going on because I mean, if you don't know, you can't do anything about it. So don't be afraid of that. And one thing that we always told our kids about when they started dating was don't date just to be dating. If you wouldn't consider marrying that person, don't date them because you know you can't really help who you fall in love with. So don't do it. Just don't even, if it's questionable, then don't do that. Don't go down that path. So. I didn't talk about the dating. Um, I can't wait to speak to the boys, but for the girls, um, I always told my husband <clears throat> that I thought it was very important. I was always really close to my dad. So I, told, I always told my husband it was very important for him to have a good relationship with their daughters because they're not going to go looking for another man somewhere else if they have a good relationship with their father. So he always tried to make it a point to take them out like on a, by themselves, just like on a date night. They would go to the movie or maybe go out to eat or something like that, just to spend time with just one of them at a time. So I think that was very important for a father to have a really close relationship with their daughter. Okay. Uh, in the midst of raising your children, how did you keep your spouse a priority? Go stick. I don't really know how to answer for this. Because I always told Jeff, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like you once we have our kids raised. Because <laughs> you feel like you don't have time together. But I do like him. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I guess it just, as a, as a woman, I guess you just have that natural nurturing to take care of your husband as much as you do your kids. I'm not, I don't have a really good answer for that. A specific answer. Well, it's good other people for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We used to go on dates, well, we still do, but we used to go on dates, and, and I would say we cannot talk about the farm because the farm is our life, and so we cannot talk about the farm or our kids. Yeah. Because one of these days, 
we're gonna not, we're gonna retire, obviously, and our kids are gonna be grown, and we're not gonna have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. So try to do that with your spouse. Just try to find out what makes him tick, and, and try to go on, you know, outings and and not discuss bills or your work or your children. That would be that as well. That's just something that we try to do. We didn't always. Because when your kids are, especially when they're little, you know, you're always thinking, I wonder what's happening at home. I wonder if everybody's still alive and all that stuff. But, um, but anyway, try, try to, try to do that and just focus on, on each other. It's, it's not easy, but it's necessary. Yeah, because it was hard for us because when the, with her, after Allison had passed away and Mike was in the grocery business, um, he, they were going to put the beer license in his name, and he really had a hard time with that. And he had had uh, a mild heart attack while he was pregnant with her. And so he was looking for another job. Well, they heard about him looking for another job, so he lost that job. And so he got uh, a different kind of job where he had to travel. Like, he, he drove a semi for several years. So sometimes later in the, in the kid's life, he was gone, you know, like a, do not sweep because he was just traveling. And so when he was home, you know, we wanted to be home with the kids, but I walked full time, so we struggled with that. But everybody's situation is different. And sometimes when you have a job and you travel, when you get home, you just want to stay on <laughs> and see the kids. Well, we did what Melanie said that if we had night nights, I would say at least three times a month. We would uh, have a sitter. We had some uh, good sitters at that time, and then our, we had some family members that would help us with that. And we would go out to dinner, go to a movie, like the Jackson, like the Jackson in. I don't think now you can uh, recommend many movies, <laughs> you know, to, but we did that quite often. We enjoyed doing that. But I think spending time all together is very important. It's just other things that you like to do together, do it away from the kids. You need that time together. I have a question, real big oddball. How did you, being a single mom, being a mom at home, prioritize, like if your husband's gone, how did you not think your spouse fit into me in that situation? Make them, I'm sorry, make them the, essentially the enemy for being gone at the time. I just didn't. <laughs> and he will tell you now, he will say, she gives home the kids a lot of things that she did because our first 10 years of marriage was pretty rough. He was in the beer business and um, that was tough. I never told our kids about that. I just, I wanted them to see their dad in, in a different light. And he did come back to board. And uh, so I don't know, I just tried not to do that. It was not easy sometimes. I hope it to really lash out. Uh, if your dad did this or your dad did that, I, I just, I guess it's just by the grace of God that I didn't. Same. Other question? Mm-hmm. No, was just well, you were saying that he was gone a lot in the beginning, so I tried oh, to yeah. that so yeah. Was, that was Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was just going to say the same. The same. Like, I always try to say positive things to the kids about their dad being gone and that they going to lose the work in or whatever. And, uh, is that what you mean as far as like speaking to the kids or like making your husband feel? Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
and not being mad at him the whole time he's home. Yeah. Because he's been gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right. About, well, now, that's hard. Now, sure. mad about yeah. that too. Because you're it, not, yeah. Not, 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 not <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was. <laughs> I know I was. Well, and I think it can be that way with any occupation because we put so much emphasis on, on work. And like with us, I, I keep saying that about the farm, but it's not a job, it's your life. And so you never escape the farm. You never get to get away from that. And it seems like every conversation revolves around that. But you still have to make that important. It's got to be, I mean, I can't be upset when James is finally home that he's been gone for ever, you know, in a week. Putting in way too many hours in six days than somebody should, and I'm doing everything by myself. You know, I just I just can't. You just can't. <coughs> I can't I can be mad, but that would be I would be wasting time. And I probably have wasted a lot of time being mad about that. But anyway, does that help you at all? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll say one like I'm just a sale one. But you guys don't give yourself enough credit. And I say that come up once staying along. You are a bedroom. You are a counselor. You are the sheriff. You are the housekeeper. And if you start wearing those titles of like all of those things instead of I'm just a stay-at-home you carry so many more titles than that husband in case they fall. Good job. It's, a, it's an honorable job. And so I know that you live so much more than just stay at home. And yeah, it could be, I wish I'd get away for eight hours or five hours. And just allow yourself that how you get away. So here's the kicks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but just know that there's any more than you just set bottle up and tell me you got about 15 hats you're coming in. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, my. Especially Kate would sign me up for everything at school. Like I, sometimes I would think I, my life would be much easier if I had a job. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason I can I can make all the Thanksgiving costumes out of cardboard boxes. <laughs> I can sew the quilt together that made all the pieces, and I can sew the quilt together. I don't sew. You know, she's well. I told her today, Mom, and she can sew the quilt together. I made all these pieces. With what? I don't have a solution. <laughs> but it's always like that. So yes, thank you for saying that. I love to be the staff. I'm able to so blessed that I absolutely can. I know it's different now, like not many young mothers can do that, but I, I just I loved it. And it, like you said, I feel like it was an honor and a privilege to get to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I did and a half I studied a little bit. I mean I kind of enjoyed it and I struggled on my back to work. Because I'm doing that heavily back to work. Yeah, you do. You want to just like, stay at home, person. Just tell somebody I'm staying home. Okay, we are supposed to end um, our session with a piece of encouragement that you would give to parents raising kids in 2024. I got three words they need to pray. Come, Jesus, come. I'm just soaking it out. Some of the stuff they go through now. I know it's a lot different, but I wrote down mine what I was going to say that give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. You're going to make mistakes. 
We all do. But what your kids are going to remember, and I think Aaron has already said this, but it's the time you spent with them, the time you spent listening to them, playing with them, but most of all, loving them. Just give yourself grace. We all made mistakes. I would just say be present. I mean, even though I was a working mom, I always, I always try to take time to be at everything that they were involved in. And I know phones nowadays are, you know, I looked around one day, our grandson was at our house and um, we were all sitting around and we had been playing with him. And then I looked up and everybody was on their phone. And I said, we're all here, but we're not present. So that's when I kind of laid down the law. I was like, okay, we, got, we need to focus on, you know, the here and now and be present. Um, and I saw, and also would say, um, don't sweat the small things now, looking back. You know, a lot of the things that we made big are really small things, so it wasn't a big deal. So, um, don't, don't try not to do that as well. And I'll just add to this, because just was, I was reminded of this just this week with our kids. But, um, and I'm not slamming this, please don't take that, but when I say this, I'm not. But, one day they said, you know what, Mom, we never had growing up TV trays. And I, I said, do you see any TV, TV trays? Yeah. <laughs> because we had our meals around the table. And, um, and I, I, we didn't. We still don't have TV trays. And we have not, by any stretch of the imagination, done everything perfectly. And our kids are certainly not perfect. We're not perfect. But we did try to do things like that as a family. Because our conversations around that table, we found out more things, even, not even on purpose. You know, we would just ask a simple question and then somebody might start crying. I mean, it was just like a, around our table was, was a, it was fun. It was, we, we got to, we got to eat, we enjoyed each other and, um, and we learned a lot as parents. So I would encourage you to just try to, Keep that family time, that family dinner. And that may be the only time of the day you have that you can all be together. But try to keep that time uh, precious and and hold it dear that you can eat around your table. Yeah, I would encourage just be their mom. I mean, I remember we had a pastor that told us your kids gonna have a lot of friends along the way, but they're all gonna have one mom. And so you be that mom. And I hate to bust your bubble, but your precious little preschooler is not going to like you when they get in middle high school. This lady has a sweetest little kid, but I guarantee you, Hudson, he's going to get middle high school. He's not going to like his mom and dad for that. You know, but that's just that's just part of it. But you still, you beat the mom because, I mean, you've got to teach them. I, because you're not trying to raise a good kid. You're trying... Your goal is not for a good kid. Your goal is to raise a self-disciplined, responsible Christian adult. And you have to start teaching that when they're young. You know, the little junkie is throwing <coughs> cars all over the floor instead of rolling them. I mean, they have to say, okay, these are to roll. If you're not going to ride the cars, then I'll open them up and you're not going to play with them for however long I'm going to choose. You know, I had to put some a cell phone and a car key and to lock it up for a while in my house when well, my got older. And even cell phones are not worth they were back then. I mean, when Todd was in high school, I think it was a senior he got his. I mean, it's just a phone. You couldn't text on it, you didn't have internet. It was just a phone. He's not a phone, he's a dog phone. 
I do that, but, <laughs> don't um, but you just, I mean, you can teach them things young. And sometimes it has to be tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids, were, when they served in school, they were supposed to come home. Um, they had, they took the lunch, dumped the lunch, There's, you know, their trash. It's for me, fun to start making them make the lunch to the guy builder. But I went to this baton, I mean, him very believers, two slumped box and him. Then dump out the stuff, and I was so big and play. Well, so one day he did that, I just didn't eat it. I'm thinking, okay, you know, the PL checked in the morning, the case up when I want to go to school. So he just, he just picked it up off the thing, got to school, he didn't have any lunch. Of course, in the back of my mind, I knew, primary school, he didn't say he was going to give him lunch for lunch. He's not going to starve. And so, sure enough, he came home and said, he didn't send 50 cents or whatever, because I didn't know much that. Well, talk to him, why didn't you have much today? He did give my stuff back. He never forgot to get his stuff out of here, you know. So he learned that. And maybe my kids learned if they wanted their clothes washed, they had to do them in the I would go around picking up everybody's dirt clothes. You know, them in the hamper if you want to wash. But not in the hamper, they don't get washed. So, that's why I say there's going to be a point in time where they're not going to like that. But you just, you got to be the mom, you got to teach them, you know, discipline and responsibility. We taught our kids about money, even, uh, when they got jobs. We didn't, we did not let them get jobs for that in this church or interfere at school. Most of them like a summer job, but you need my work in the library. But as soon as they got those jobs, we got them to checkbook. Taught them, you know, this is how you keep up with what you have. You're supposed to, you know, tithe with that. The Bible tells us to tithe. And if you have $50 in that check account, you can't go buy anything for a hundred. You know, and you can teach them just little stuff like that will help them learn when they get older and get married. Hey, we got to live within our means. Is this how much money we have? Well, you can't do this. And I think it's probably fun to be honest with them. I mean, my kids went in cars when they got 16. We couldn't afford to buy them cars. I don't care if Johnny down the street, you know, had a car. We just come out and told them, you know, we can visit how much we make and how much cars make. You got to pay insurance. You got to pay for gas. And so they learned that. They didn't get cars when they got out of college, and they they paid for those cars. So that's you know, and pray like we all said, just pray for them all. You know, pray for them every day. Pray for their salvation every day. And just uh, and just listen to him, listen to him talk. Be over it just to sit there and listen to him. And I just think that's tough these days, just because of the social media stuff. I know when my kids say no, go out to eat, and these little four-year-olds have tablets at the table, and the thing is there. What is that? Well, so you should be talking just like you talk at home at the table. You should be talking at the restaurant at the table. So I just been y'all trying to raise kids every day. I mean, I think it's tougher than it was in my day. I probably thought it's tough back then, but I don't think that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I would say too, you just enjoy every stage. Yeah, you do. Because every stage is so much fun. Yeah, it's and so as, different. And as they get older in high school and college, yeah. you know, they're more of your friend than right. you can. Then you can be friends because you've kind of finished parenting. And they will come back and apologize to you. I've had one man come back. Mom, I'm so sorry. And I don't know why you made us do that. Now you all. Yeah. <laughs> and just know that that time flies. Yes, it does. It flies. Y'all will be here 
with grandchildren in three weeks. I mean, it's like, where can the time go? It's, it is, uh, it, it, it flies. But I, and I will say this too, Proverbs, and I'm not trying, we're, we're, we don't want to get sensible answers to everything, but Proverbs. If you just had your Bible book <coughs> Proverbs all the time on your bar at home, there's probably not many things in the lives of your children that you can't find in Proverbs an answer to. And I, I have found a new verse that I love, and it's Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we profess, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And when you pray for your children and you do the things that you know that he's guiding you to do, he will keep his promise. Claim that, Hebrews 10, 23, because he will he'll keep his promise. And just continue pouring into your kids, because I remember when Kaylee drove off the first time to go out of state for college. I was like, did I, did I tell her enough? Did I show her enough? Did I pour in enough? So just make sure you're doing that. Yeah, because we all mess up, and they're going to mess up. We mess up. Probably yes. Yes. Yeah. But just praying for them, and just by the grace of God, they'll, you know, if they get on the wrong path, they'll turn them around. If you draw them up correctly, I do believe God will turn them around. They try to take it all. And those friends that you made as the parents of your kids, I know mine used to say, I have not, I can't do anything that you don't know about it before I get home. No, that's true. And they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know they were selling me to no legs. Nobody knew. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you made those friends. And I think that's the Holy Spirit too, protecting everybody. Because you, you, like I said before, you don't know, you can't do anything about it. But when you know, then you have the responsibility to try to fix it. And so I would just, like we've said before, encourage you to have those friends of your parents, your, your kids' friends, parents, that are on the same page as you are, and that'll, that'll help you more than anything in the long run, in the long term. But enjoy every moment, because it does fly. You will be grandparents before long. Yeah. And it's wonderful. And it's wonderful. <laughs> Nobody can say well, okay. We had a question about single moms. You know, and he'll be doing mm -hmm. but and that well and I Heather was fixed to start um middle mm -hmm. my past wedding. And that was she was not that she was hard to raise, but it was just hard for me because you didn't have you didn't have your spouse to go to, we're gonna do about this. She didn't have another person to go to. You know, I want you to do this, so, you know, you're just, it's just me, and you're just, you know, the older one. So, single parents, I admire them. They have a tough job, and they really do. I was thinking that single moms get saying how they're telling them on, or their church family. Yeah, that's what we're about, because you ain't got friends over, you know. If you know a single mom, they need help. They need yeah. help, you know, on the way. A lot of encouragement, because they don't have that other person to be encouraging them, especially they don't have family around. <coughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I think something that's really important is to teach your kids responsibility. It's not going to hurt them to do a little work or in the house or out in the yard. It's not going to hurt them. Our kids worked from the time they were 16 through high school and all through college, they had full-time jobs. Our daughter was actually 15, and we had to drive her to work when she first started working. But now they all have such a good work ethic, which I think is important. And I think that's 
I'm not saying that kids don't like to be recurring thing, but do make sure they got some responsibilities and are responsible. Respons and let them fail. Let them have a, make some of their own decisions and let them fail before they get outside from underneath you so that you can help walk, help them walk through that. So, what do you do? How do you handle whenever one of your kids is like maybe being left out around their kids or not fitting in in a certain situation? Like, how do you as a parent navigate that? Like, do you want to step in and fix it for them? Um, but how do you like biblically try to help them endure that opposition? Um, I didn't have a child. Because I have a grandchild that's ha happening too, um, and I think they just try to try to tell her. I mean, God loves everyone. You need to be kind to everyone, but you don't have to associate with everyone. You don't have to be ugly to somebody. And even though your dad left out, try to find you another friend. You know, uh, that that's. It's tough when you have a kid that's being left out, especially in this day and age when you have all this technology. Like, you want, and I know that went on about a birthday trip, they were taken, and the parents were really concerned with this. They thought all those other kids were filming on their phone, but they couldn't call those parents and say, don't send a phone with your kid. I mean, and so, and they were right. And, and she has gotten one, because she's six to go on a school trip, and they they were told she would have to partner up with somebody who had a phone, that wasn't gonna work. And so, and I don't know, this is called a bar phone. A lot of restrictions, a lot of parental controls. She can't add anybody. The parents get um, a text or something saying this person's trying to be added, they can decline it, she can add. Nobody can add her, you know. But, um, but she's struggling with that, but she's, she's surviving. And I think she had a, um, she met a girl at some camp this summer, and I think they moved to Milton. Uh, she's got some new friends at a, at a Catholic school there in town that plays in her sports teams. So she's friends with them too. But they're just encouraging her just to, just keep at it and just try to find some other friends, which is hard at that age. No one's a tough age. Oh, I was just asking if So we had a, a having twins. I got to remember one time one of the girls got invited to a birthday party, but the other one didn't. And that was hard. So I just kind of had to talk to the one about, you know, it's okay that, you know, you can have different, you don't have to have the same friends. Um, when God made everybody, you know, different and special. And so we just tried to kind of talk through it that way. As a youth leader, um, I often have kids coming with that same scenario. Like, I have three groups that I'm often like invited to lately in the group at school, but when they go off to have a spend the night with a celebration, they're not invited to that. And my encouraging word to them is just God is doing conversations that they do not hear, and they that He is just protecting them from those conversations and in situations. And just remember that God, Jesus was often different from a larger premise as well. 
and uh, what you call the big sad part is that this uh, sometimes what they need her come to the crowd that will believe you or in the um, and then it's appeared to be being a that you said to be mild and toward humans so petty. Our card is what? It's a limited party. In that, what we're yes. supposed to do to him now. Thank y'all for being here, and we, we do hope we've encouraged you in some kind of way and helped, helped you somehow. So if you have any more questions or want to talk to anybody, let's just stick around and we'll talk some more. And that's it. <laughs>